Respect it or check it. Real conversations by real issues from politics to overpopulated prisons. Respect it or check it. Real great debates about real topics like greed, poverty, and what can we do to stop it. Respect it or check it. One thing for sure, two things for certain. I go by the simple name of Skinny. And last week's episode was our introduction episode. You got to get to know a little bit about me uh, and why we developed this podcast and why we are on this particular platform. Uh, and so this week, uh, I want to just say thank you for uh, everyone that's subscribing, everyone that's liking our page and our uh, 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 liking our Instagram page, our Facebook page, subscribing to our YouTube. Uh, this is a great time to be uh, alive. I actually was, uh, I want to just jump right into it. I was talking on the phone the other day uh, with a friend of mine, and he was saying, he was asking me, was I going up to Minneapolis uh, for the Derek Chauvin case? Uh, and although I know that his heart was in the right place, uh, I could not get over the fact that we don't have to go all the way to uh, Minneapolis to talk about police brutality. Uh, we can talk about police brutality right here. Uh, we don't have to go all the way to Atlanta to talk about police brutality. We don't have to go to Atlanta to talk about Rayshard Brooks. There's police brutality right here. Nor do we have to go to Brunswick, Georgia and talk about Ahmaud Arbery because there's police brutality right here. And right here is not necessarily where I'm at, but it's where you are at. There is police brutality right now wherever you are at. And so you don't have to travel the world uh, to, to, to go and protest police brutality in somebody else's community. Uh, we can start by protesting police brutality in our own. Uh, as a child, I grew up in in December 2003 is one of probably the heaviest of, of days that Columbus have ever seen. It was the murder of Kenneth Walker. Uh, we saw, uh, you know, 8,000 to 10,000 people gather for uh, 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 down at the the uh, government center. We saw Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson come. And then we seen our elected official go back to things as they always were. In 2013, we saw the killing of Zacharias Flint on the campus of CSU. Uh, they told us that Zacharias had a gun uh, and that uh, uh, he was waving it at them. 
But somehow, Zacharias Flint ended up shot in the back of the neck and in his back. And the way the police of the Columbus State Police Department decided to rub that in our face even more was they gave that officer that murdered Zacharias Flint, they actually gave him an award for his bravery. Uh, on December the 29th, 2017, Jarvis Lights, uh, a 35-year-old young brother here in Columbus, Georgia, was gunned down by 23-year-old Georgia State Patrolman Michael Nolan. Uh, Jarvis was accused of fleeing a DUI checkpoint, which I put in quotation marks because he never even uh, arrived at the DUI checkpoint. But the police got behind him, uh, and uh, we don't really know what happened uh, because, coincidentally, uh, the police body camera did not work, nor was his uh, camera on his car on. Uh, and so... Uh, what we saw then is the same thing that we've always seen is the police taking up for themselves, taking up for each other, trying to sweep it under the rug. And so I thought that this episode would be a great time to talk about uh, someone in our own hometown uh, who has uh, been a victim uh, of a system that was supposed to serve and protect him uh, but actually took his life. And so I'm honored to be joined today by his mother, Miss Kathy Lights. Uh, Miss Kathy is a woman of faith who has shown tremendous strength during this season of injustice in her life and in her family's life. Miss Kathy has joined, uh, as she said, a sorority that I believe no mother should be a part of unless having to bear their own child. Uh, I was honored a few months ago to actually be uh, the guest speaker uh, at the third anniversary of Jarvis's death. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I hate that it's under these circumstances, Miss Kathy, uh, <laughs> that we're here today. Uh, but will you please help me welcome uh, Miss Kathy Lights. How are you, Miss Kathy? Oh, hi, I'm doing great. Thank you, Skin. It's so good to see you. Absolutely. Thank you for being here with me and uh, not thinking it to be robbery, to take some time out and to, uh, I know, talk about something that's very dear and near to your heart. Uh, one of the first times that I, I ever uh, became uh, uh, really engaged with your family uh, was after the murder of Jarvis. Mm -hmm. uh, your daughter, Janisha, reached out to me and uh, kind of like anybody in that predicament, hey, what can we do? Right. Uh, because it seemed like uh, every department was giving you the run around. Uh, and uh, uh, I was just uh, glad that I could offer some resources uh, to, to help get justice for your child. So I, I want to start off with that. Tell me. When you think about Jarvis, what, what do you remember most about him? Jarvis was, man, Jarvis was like a light bulb. Hmm. You know, when he walked in the room and you turn that switch on, he lit up that room. Mm -hmm. uh, he was so well-loved. He was so popular. He was respectful, mannerable. 
um, helpful, and he had a very generous and warm heart. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he couldn't stand the sight of blood. He did not like to see any type of violence. Jarvis was more of a person that would de-escalate mm-hmm. a situation and to get some, you know, understanding to whoever, whoever it was. It didn't have to be anyone specifically, but Jarvis was that type of person was just so loving, you know, right. and everybody loved Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Everybody, grown, I mean, elderly, the children, mm-hmm. um, his age group, my age, it didn't matter. Jarvis would put was just a big impact on a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen that, you know, uh, since since his death, mm-hmm. of how many people in the community have have came out to support the events that you've held in his honor, oh, wow. uh, and and uh, he definitely was someone who uh, you can definitely uh, say was well loved and well liked, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so it's unfortunate yes. what happened to him on that December the night, and, and I I I know that it's a terrible thing to to have to continue to think back on. But but can we for a second just talk about that night? For what how did you re- receive the information that Jarvis was no longer with us? Well, Skinny, um it was on the next morning, December thirtieth, uh five thirty in the morning when our the doorbell rang and it was uh two people standing on my front porch and, you know, one of them had on a uniform. The other person, I really couldn't see, you know, who they were. Mm-hmm. But it ended up being the GBI agent and the coroner to come to the home that morning to tell us about Jarvis um, being and w- murdered. And what did they tell you then? Uh, when I opened my door, uh, the first thing that came out of his mouth, he said, uh, uh, ma'am, um, uh, do you know uh, Jarvis Likes? And I was like, yes, that's right. my son. And I said, what's, what's, what's the problem? What's wrong? And he asked me, he said, well, is there anyone else here with you? Because what I need to tell you is um, you need someone to be with you. So I ran to the bedroom, and I, Joe, his dad, was asleep. I woke him up. I ran to um, his two sisters' room, woke them up. And I told them that, you know, that there was a police officer and another man here uh, saying something has happened to Jarvis. So we all gathered in this living room and... The same one we're sitting in right now. The same one we're sitting in right now. Mm. And um, he started off to tell us about what had happened uh, the night before, Mm. which was um, that Jarvis had been... um, that Jarvis had been fatally, fatally killed by mm-hmm. a Georgia State Trooper. Fatally killed. And when he said fatally killed, I lost it. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything else he had to say. Cause, I mean, my, my hysterics was so loud that everything he was saying was like a muffled sound to me. I really couldn't hear him because of my screaming. And my husband and, and my two daughters, uh, Janisha and Nene, they kept on until they calmed me down uh, enough that I asked the GBI agent, would he please repeat what he had just said? Mm-hmm. And that's when he told me about um, that um, 
Jarvis was en route. Uh, there was a DUI checkpoint, and that before he got to the checkpoint, Jarvis turned and went in another in the opposite direction. Georgia State Trooper, you know, got behind him. Um, said he wasn't driving fast, he wasn't driving slow, he was driving normal like anybody else. Um, uh, he said that once the officer got behind Jarvis, Jarvis starts driving off a little bit more, and he ended up in this dead-end street. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that um, when the officer got out the vehicle, he got out with his uh, gun drawn, um, on Jarvis, it said Jarvis got out the car, and the officer, um, I don't know what orders he was given, what command, because, again, there was no body cam, there mm-hmm. was no audio, so there is no footage of us actually ever knowing what actually happened that night with Jarvis. Coincidentally. It's coincidentally. Be- because you can better believe it that had it been Jarvis who had attacked the police officer, then they, they cameras would have been up to par that night. <laughs> and believe it or not, um, they said Jarvis, when he got out the car or whatever, um, the officer said to him, said Jarvis was walking back towards his car, mm-hmm. and he reached over inside his car, and as he reached over inside the car, the police, the officer, the state trooper, actually came up from behind him and grabbed him mm. and grabbed Jarvis, you know, um, and when he grabbed Jarvis, Jarvis wiggled off of him, you know, mm-hmm. and he continued trying to look in the car. And at this time, you know, of course, is I feared for my life. Mm-hmm. So he ran behind, the, the officer ran behind his police cruiser, watching Jarvis, you know, searching in his car for something. Um, as Jarvis found what he was looking for, and as he was coming up out the car, Jarvis came out, out the car with his arm raised in the air, mm. not pointing it, mm. like pointed towards the officer, mm-hmm. but it was up in the air. And the officer, not knowing what Jarvis actually had in his hand, he shot him. And what was in Jarvis's hand? His cell phone. When, when I, we talked a few months ago, mm-hmm. and because I think this is very important, and you told me, you said, you told me why you think Jarvis was reaching for his cell phone. My reason... For Jarvis to find his cell phone was to contact someone to let them know, hey, I, I need some help here. And, and, and my heart really he believed was it was me. Mm. It was me. He had just left home. He was on his way to work, you know. Um, and, I, you know, for any time anytime any of my kids would find themselves in any type of situation or what the first person they're going to call and is mama. mama. Oh, yeah. They're going to call mama. Absolutely. And I know in my heart, that that who Jarvis was about to call was me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was the last person he saw as far as family is concerned. I was the last person that uh, Jarvis saw before he walked out that door going to work that night. And, and did they tell you that night that it was a, that they accidentally shot him over a cell phone, or was that information that you discovered later on in the process? Um, I, you know, when they told us, it was later on. It okay. was later on. It was not during the time of when they came to the home the next morning to tell us. It was later on. And when, at what point did you discover that they, because we, we got to place ourselves in, in, inside of context here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in December 2017, we had just passed 
the summer of 2016, which had the killing of Lando Castile and Alton Sterling. Uh, 2015, that had Freddie Dre. 2014, Michael Brown. So we're, you know, <laughs> this didn't just come out of nowhere. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think that, that that's important to note. Yes. Uh, is that, uh, and, and I say that point, is, is that this didn't come out of nowhere, is that when we were protesting in those years, our very specific demands were for body cameras. Right. And so that's why I just can't get it in my head that your camera was not on, on your cruiser, nor was it on on your body cam. Nope. And, and you're at a DUI <laughs> checkpoint. Okay, okay. Come on now. Yeah, so so that just, just di- didn't make sense it to didn't. me. didn't. Let's keep talking about this. And so when uh, the investigation for what took place was going on, mm-hmm. uh, and it was with uh, the DA, uh, Julia Slater. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What what was that process like for you? And <laughs> Because I know that not only you, but a lot of black parents mm-hmm. uh, have have had to deal with uh, her allowing for dust to build up on cases that are sitting on her desk. Mm-hmm. And so how long mm-hmm. did it take for her to finish the investigation for Jarvis? Actually, um, GBI um, had finished their investigation in... Let me let me make sure I, I say it right. They in, they finished the investigation, if I'm not mistaken, in July of 2018, because we were told it was going to take about 90 days for the GBI to do their investigation. And they, they took roughly seven months. Seven months. Okay. Yes, because um, we had our first. Actually, Julia Slater met with the family in September of 2018 wanting to know about Jarvis. You know, she wanted to know who Jarvis was. We were supposed to meet again, she said, because even though the GBI had turned in their report to her, she wanted to do her own uh, investigation mm-hmm. with her own, um, you know, DA investigator. Like, we like were- she had special material <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, okay, we were supposed to meet up again in November from the DA. Mm-hmm from her personal DA investigator. It didn't happen. Um, I actually became ill. I became ill. I was admitted in the hospital in February of 2019. Um, You know, so we had to push that back. And we actually um, met again in April 2019 in the grand jury room um, along, you know, with other family. So it's been about 16 months at this point. Right, right. Okay. And um, she, at that time, um, let us, informed us that she would be the one prosecuting the case. Um, and we, you know, I, I just simply had to ask her, you know, uh, Miss Slater, who are you representing? Mm-hmm. Um, well, she says, I'm representing the state. I said, well, you know, Miss Slater, something wrong here. Mm-hmm. You represent the state. He's a Georgia State trooper. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, so how are you um, trying to see if about the family? Right. What, what is going to happen about the family? Because now this part here, I mean, it's really got me confused. Right. You are 
representing the state. Mm-hmm. Understand me well, Skinny. So how you represent the state? But it's a Georgia State Trooper. He's a police. Right. Um, what are you gonna actually do? Nothing. What are you gonna actually actually do? You know? Well, it came out nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, because he wasn't you know indicted. He wasn't charged. Let's let's talk about that. We wh- when was the grand jury? It was, we had it, it was on May 7th, May 2019. 7th. So about 16, 16, 17 months okay. after he was murdered. After he was murdered. Now, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording, mm-hmm. but the George Floyd entire trial <laughs> was completed in less than a year. Right. The entire trial. Right. So we're just talking about them and their initial investigation and shit they bring that up to a, a, a grand jury. Right. So then we got a grand jury, and uh, and how many days was George Floyd? What, fifteen days? Fifteen days. Fifteen days. And, and how many? Uh, how how long were they assembled for for Jarvis's case? Not even eight hours. Not even eight hours. Not even eight hours. Not we on May seventh. She asked that the family be there at around ten o'clock. That she was going to do her presentation and all the other stuff she had to put out, you know, to the grand jury. And I was under the impression, you know, okay, grand jury, so how come I don't see, you know, nobody? Not knowing that she didn't put it in open court. Mm. She actually had it in the grand jury room. Mm -hmm. And we sat there, skinny until like after 1 o'clock, before we actually was escorted up to the floor where the grand jury room is. Mm-hmm. Um, we were given the opportunity to speak in front of the grand jury after the testifying of the GBI, of the DA investigator, mm-hmm. and of course, Julia Spiel, Julia Slater Spiel in front of them. The family was able to talk on behalf of Jarvis' character at that time. And it, it, it was like maybe, what, 15, 20 minutes? And we were out of there. Wow. She took, they, we were escorted back down to her conference room in her office. And around 3 o'clock that afternoon, we were escorted back to another floor. And this here is an open court. At this time, when we walked inside that courtroom, was the first time I've ever laid eyes on the state trooper that murdered my son. Michael Nolan. Michael Nolan. Mm-hmm. First time I've ever laid eyes on him. How did you um, feel then? Oh my God. I I looked at him and I, you know Did he have any remorse or he no, did not. Because of the fact he had already been um he had already been informed it, everything gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be okay. You're gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. You know. Nothing gonna happen. No, he didn't show any remorse. Wow. No, he didn't. Um, he sat over with the other, with his attorney, and it, and it was two other state trooper officers with him. He was in his state trooper uniform. Wow. Um, I, it was the only people there of, of black people of color was just us. Everybody else in, the cl- in that um, courtroom, the judge, Julia Slater, another person sitting at the table, and a couple of her staff members. 
everybody white. So I, I'll take that to mean that he didn't have a jury of his peers. I, I, no, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. No, because we never seen anybody. You know, um, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, I, 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 I is it, I'm so interested in that. Uh, <laughs> is because uh, uh, we just in Columbus elected a new district attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to know, uh, one, have you spoken with newly elected district attorney Mark Jones? And if so, what has he said? Joe and I, we actually had a meeting with uh, the new district attorney, Mark Jones, in January. Okay. Um, in his office. And he told us, you know, that he wanted to review the case. He wanted to... S- you know, look over everything and see um, what could he do as far as having that case reopened. Mm-hmm. He said what concerns him was the fact that the case had been closed from Julius Slater. Mm-hmm. But that was his, he said, but I'm going to act, I'm going to go through each of these documents and the reports and let's see where we can go from there. Okay. Those was his words. Let's see where we can go from there. Okay. So so we have to, so so now we know that uh, after, uh, and you were a, a, a huge participant uh, in the George <laughs> Floyd march in uh, last year in Columbus. Yes. Uh, where it just was an amazing day of, yes. of unity and, and power mm-hmm. and and just being together with like-minded people doing such a traumatic event in all of our lives. Uh, why do you think that Jarvis's case has not become mainstream like some of the other cases that are so, uh, you know, like Trayvon Martin or your Tamir Rice or your uh, – Al, uh, Alton Sterling or mm-hmm. Philando Castile or mm-hmm. uh, and I know that in in an instance uh, in a way that there are so many of us mm-hmm. who are, are you know it's like sometimes we can't keep up with the amount of, <laughs> of people that are passing away from uh, from this brutality that that people of color are facing uh, yes I guess this is my question why do you think that it hasn't received uh, the amount of tension that others have. You know, Skinny, it is rightfully said that justice is never the same for all, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I feel a lot that without the body cam or the dash cam footage uh, to reveal what happened compared to uh, George Floyd and um, – Eric Gardner and, you know, all the high-profile cases, Ahmaud Arbery, um, because of no body cam or no dash cam or no witness videos of, mm-hmm. of showing what happened that what night, happened. Right. you know, it, 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 Jarvis is not the only case that this has happened to. Oh, God, it's over, what, 4,000-plus-odd cases that no one knows about because of lack of um, being made aware or that there was any type of coverage mm-hmm. done, you know? And with, uh, with us, especially in the state of Georgia, think about it. In the state of Georgia alone, 
you know, we have had, like you said, Kenneth Walker. We had Ahmaud Aubrey, Rayshard Brooks, uh, Zacharias Flint. But look at this fact about them. They all had body cam footage. Mm -hmm. They all had dash cam footage. Mm -hmm. Jarvis didn't. So with that, you know, he wasn't highly profiled. I, I think he did, but they just won't, won't release it because it's something that they're hiding from us. What, tell me, as far as body cam or dash oh, cam? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Skinny, you always have said that. I do you believe, believe that. that. I do. You have said that from day one. Because if it was something that would have exonerated them, they would have released that that night. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and so it's, it's a reason why. Uh, footage comes up missing. Uh, I think a lot about my brother down in Valdosta, Kendrick Johnson. Yes. Oh, you yes. know, disappeared in the, the tape. You know, they want to come. I don't know. They're trying to convince us or convince themselves that he <laughs> fell into the mat. Uh, but we know better than that. We know better. Uh, and then for the tape to be edited. And mm -hmm. so, so what mm -hmm. I had, there's just a, 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 uh, it's a pattern. Yes. Of, uh, Things happening with video footage. Right. Uh, and, and I totally believe that. Uh, I, I believe that there's something on that tape that they're trying to keep, uh, not only from his family, but from the community, community as a whole. And I am committed to finding it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we have to let us see and judge for ourselves right. what happened. But to offer up the excuse that, his body camera, nor did the camera on his car work. Right. Well, he should have went and, and got another car. <laughs> okay, or, exactly. Or, or he should have made exactly. sure that his that his body camera was working before he got there out there in the That's field. Right. And so we got to start implementing policies that hold police accountable. accountable. Exactly. Uh, when their footage, when their body camera doesn't work, or That's when right. their, or when that that cruiser camera doesn't work, that's a part of your job. It's like tampering with evidence. It is. It's like tampering that, that with is evidence. Exactly what it should okay. be. Okay, and that's a crime. It is. That's a crime. It is to tamper with evidence. You know, you mentioned earlier that you know now I am a member of the of this sorority group that nobody wants to be a member of. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's devastating, it's painful, it's hurtful, and there is no healing. There is no healing. Because every time you turn around, what do you see? What do you hear? Continuing to happen. Continuing to happen. Mm -hmm. We are so, you know, we're tired of talking. Mm -hmm. Talking has been done. Marches has been done. You know, rallying has been done. It's time for action. It is. I am. It is time for action, Skinny. You know, we, it's time to start putting the fire under some people. Mm -hmm. Make them do their job. And anyway, you know, with the, being in this sorority group, uh, the mothers, the families, the impacted families, they're tired. They are so tired of not being able to move forward, mm -hmm. you know, because of the it's, – it's a redundance, mm -hmm. see, here now, because every time you turn around, what do you see? Another – Another one. Another killing. Another mm -hmm. killing. Another killing. How can we heal? Right. You know, we have talked, we have protested, we've marched, we've talked to elected officials. You know, we've done everything that we felt feel like we should do. But now it's time for action. Mm -hmm. Yes, we want action now. You know, we're tired of the lies from the elected officials. We're tired of being, uh, our cases being swept up underneath the rug. Mm -hmm. We're tired of, of them feeling like our child's life didn't matter because it did. it did it mattered you know so it's 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 gonna 
what is it going to take? What is the solution for this to come to an end? Mm-hmm. What's going to have to happen? I honestly believe uh, that we have to legislate that black lives matter. Mm-hmm. That we have to pass the George Floyd policing yes, bill. Yes, yes. Uh, and one of the things that, you know, I was kind of bittersweet about the Chauvin case because to me I feel like that once Chauvin was acquitted, then we all kind of would just go back into our corners and say, look, the system is working. <laughs> and it's like, no, the system isn't working. Uh, plenty of people have, have got their butt whooped since George Floyd has been murdered. That's right. Uh, and, and and right after the, the case closed of George Floyd, you had to have immediately the next day a funeral for another young man that had endured police brutality. And so I'm, I've always, and I say it so often, I, I feel like I'm a broken record. <laughs> I'm always amazed at how we can never get justice through the justice system. Mm-hmm. But somehow <laughs> the city is willing to open up the taxpayer pocketbook mm-hmm. and give you a few dollars. Yes. Well, what you giving us a few dollars for uh-uh. if ain't nobody did nothing wrong? Okay. Hmm. Okay. So so that always has has, has been a, a, a thought to me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and so I, uh, uh, how long have you been with with these other groups of mothers? Have, have, have did they reach out to you, or did you find them? Or ooh, actually, we um when Jarvis uh, when we lost Jarvis. It w- uh, we had we were introduced to an activist by the name of Marcus Coleman. Mm-hmm. He's the CEO, founder of Save Ourselves mm-hmm. SOS. He's based out of Atlanta. Yeah, and Marcus is the one that started the crusade uh, journey for us as far as what we were about to do. Mm-hmm. He introduced me and Joe to other mothers. Um, you know, he had me to. And y'all speak on Jarvis. Each other. I'm, I'm telling you, man. We he had me to go to the you know go to the state capitol along mm-hmm. with other mothers, do news briefs. Matter of fact, Marcus was one that actually pushed Julia Slater. He was behind a uh, Julia Slater of, hey, why are you procrastinating on this family? Right. This family is wanting answers. Why haven't you made any moves? So my hat is off to Marcus Coleman, um, and I thank him for the part of his, you know, supportive role and getting me started on where I'm at now because I tell you I was uh, uh I was pitiful. <laughs> I was I was pitiful. I couldn't talk. I couldn't verbalize my feelings about anything. It took other mothers uh and thank God Jackie Johnson, KJ Johnson's mother is mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah. Uh Monteria Robinson, Jamaria mama uh Robinson's mother and mm-hmm. Tammy Atchison Featherstone, those three mothers, uh, gave, you know, listening to them and they're putting their stories out about their lost loved one, gave me the strength mm-hmm. to start telling mine. And ever since what is going on four years, I have become ruthless. I, you know, whatever comes up comes out, and um, and with that, I've met other mothers, you know, that is in this same sorority group. Uh, when we traveled to Minnesota, I met more. Because they, we were from all across the country. You know, everyone has the same similarity, mm-hmm. which make us more unified, you know, that has the solidarity, you know, because we all feel that same pain. Mm. 
there's no difference, you know, mm-hmm. just different names. That's all it different is. Different names, yes. And I tell you, you know, we all have talked about what is the problem with the families getting justice. And, of course, you've heard of qualified immunity, mm-hmm. you know, qualified immunity. But, you know, one thing I haven't really heard anyone speak on is police unions. Mm-hmm. Do oh, you know how powering it. the police union is? Oh, yeah. You know, can you imagine that the police union, man, is the ones that s- is preventing these police officers from being held accountable? Talk about it. Because mm-hmm. they have the money. They th- Do you realize how much money they contribute to these political candidates oh, when yeah. they're running for um, whatever office, mm-hmm. you know, to win their vote? And how they um, coach these officers and what to say and what to do, how to write a report, Mm -hmm. uh, how to make the narrative, you know, that they, you know, it wasn't them. It was actually the victim. Right. I mean, y'all better look at the police union, man. They they learned that from the first day of of police training. Okay. Of of how to make sure that (laughs) that they were scared. That's right. I was fearful. Right. They they know how to word it Mm -hmm. from day one. That's right. Uh, and so I think that that is something that's important to note because we don't often talk about the influence and the power of the police unions. Mm-hmm. Well, I yes. have another question for you. Okay. How have over these last three or four years have you begin to learn how to heal? Uh, that's that's a, uh, honestly skinny. There is no healing. There is no healing. Because of the fact that it's keep repeating itself. Mm-hmm. It keep repeating itself. Right, like as you said earlier, George Floyd, uh, at the jury verdict, Dante Wright. Mm-hmm. We, from Dante Wright, we had uh, Michaela Bryant. Mm-hmm. And it just keep going on and on and on and on. How can we heal? Because every time we see this, it reflects back on us and what we're going through. There is no healing mm. for us. Do, do you watch those videos? So I, I never have seen the incomplete George Floyd video. I probably watched 30 seconds of it. Mm-hmm. But I could not sit there and, and watch that. I did watch the Ahmaud Arbery case, and I, mm-hmm. I wish I didn't. But watching those videos put me in a place that I don't want to be in. No, you don't. And, and, and no, how, you don't. How do you feel? And, and I, I can about imagine how do you feel. <laughs> but how do you feel of of turning on your TV and seeing this thing continuing to happen again and again and again? And regardless of your your income, regardless of how many degrees you got, regardless of of, of where you live at, at the end of the day, you still are a black man. That's right. So so. Anger, mm. full of anger. Sometimes I scare myself because I get so angry. Um, I start thinking irrational. Mm. I start, you know, you know, not really being logical with my thinking process mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm, I'm, you get to that point where you say, you know what, I'm, so t- I'm tired of waiting. Sick I'm tired, tired of being passive. You know, one time um, I, I think about always, you know, I'm just going to, Come on out, my character, mm-hmm. my character, the way I am, the normal character that people know me as. And why don't you start being evil? Mm-hmm. Let that evilness come out. Uh, blast people. Start blasting them names. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let them know who is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. 
because you're so full of anger. It, it, it's, it's like a process, skinny. You, you're in denial. You know, you're in pain. You're, you're hurt, you know, you're angry. You're uh, frustrated. You're disgusted. Um, so with all of that, and then you're still seeing the same thing happen over and over and over again. You know, we mothers and impacted families, we are, you know, we have, we're just stressed out mentally, emotionally, physically. You know, the only thing that keep us strong and keep us fighting is our spiritual, you know, well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's all about spiritual strength now. Absolutely. It, the spiritual strength is what keep us strong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we look at those I look at Jarvis' picture. You know, I look at all these other um, pictures of police violence, kids being killed by them. I get, I draw strength from that, you know, because I, we understand that if we don't do it, it's not going to get done. It won't be done. It won't be done. We have to be their voice because they're not here to speak for themselves no more, you know. Well, I, I got two last questions for you. One okay. is um, – how do what do, what what are you doing uh to ensure that Jarvis receives justice? <laughs> and the second part of that question is uh how can we as a community support you in the work that you're doing? Uh, you know, uh with all of the people listening, uh if if we can take some time uh and uh not just hear about, you know, Jarvis and uh, the devastating loss of him, but how can we, 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 we bring justice to you and your family? What does justice look like to you and your family? Um, you know, Skinny, justice is a bond. You know, justice to me is, is, is bonding, is organizing, is joining together, you know, collectively, and being there for, for me, mm-hmm. for me. You know, if I, if, you know, anytime I'm out there protesting or if I'm out there on making road with, com- uh, with signs of Jarvis pictures, you know, walking up and down that sidewalk like you see the candidates when it's time for elections, they mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we go down to the government center. Come on, we can do a private, you know, it don't have to be loud. It can be silent protesting, mm-hmm. walking up and down that sidewalk, mm-hmm. you know, showing Jarvis, mm-hmm. showing Jarvis, letting them know, you know what this is about. Absolutely. You know what this is about. You know, if, when, when you know, if I, you see, whereas I'm, I'm putting it out there, hey, I need your help. I need your support. Um, you know, like, can you join me? Join me. Just like we did on June 6, 2020 for George Floyd. Well, that's who Jarvis is. Mm-hmm. Jarvis likes is George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And we got out there and we, you know, protest. We, we showed up in numbers. And it was, uh, uh, a, oh, Lord, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was. You know, and it's nothing that I, I ask a lot of. Mm-hmm. You know, all I ask is that when you see those flyers out there or you look on Facebook, you see it on Instagram, that, hey, Kathy's going to be, this light's going to go down here on making Road today. Um, she's gonna be down with Jarvis up and down the sidewalk. Let's go. Come Let's stand go. With her. Come, come, come. Join me. Mm-hmm. Join me. You know, I, I mean, put it on Facebook if you can't you know? call, so somebody else making show up. <laughs> exactly. And and 
I mean, I, I need that support. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. It makes makes it easier for me to deal with it, mm-hmm. knowing that I have people that actually supporting me and genuinely caring about what happened to Jarvis Likes. Absolutely. You know? one, one of the things I want to highlight is that uh, I was a big proponent mm-hmm. of uh, doing the George Floyd protest for us to take that momentum mm-hmm. and go to the polls with it. Yes. And and evidently that worked. Because, it did. Because not only did we get a new <laughs> DA, but we got a new sheriff okay. in town too. Yes. So we know there's power. There is. Uh, in the people, in the, yes. in, the in the number of people. Uh, but me and uh, uh, you were talking uh, a couple <laughs> of days ago, and, and I was just uh, sharing that, that, you know the the voices of ten yes. uh, speak silence. Then the, the 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 speak louder than the silence of one thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so you know sometimes it seems like like you're out there by yourself. But but if I gotta stand out there by myself, I'm gonna do it. Uh, and, I'm gonna do and, it. And, and I know you are, <laughs> uh, and that's why I love you, and I'm here. I'm and and I want to issue a even greater call to the listeners and the viewers of this podcast. To reach out to the uh, 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 the district attorney yes. for the Chattahoochee Judicial Circuit and request that he reopens the case of Jarvis Lights. That's right. Please. That's a, that's Please. a simple, a simple to do action. Call District Attorney Mark Jones of the Chattahoochee Judicial Circuit. That's right. Now this ain't gonna be no new phone call to him because. Mm-mm. Miss Kathy already said that he done told her that he was going to go back and he was going to look over the documents. That's what he said. So we want to give him a reminder phone call mm-hmm. uh, just in case he forgot. So uh, we will make sure that that information is shared in the description, uh, in, in the comment section of of this uh, of this podcast. I'm just so glad, Miss Kathy, that... Uh, you took time today, and, and without a, a thought, <laughs> without a come on, without a thought, uh, uh, you were willing to 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 uh have this conversation. I know it's not the easiest conversation to have, uh, but but I I was actually uh uh uh, uh came with a scripture for the day. <laughs> Isaiah sixty one and eight. Come on with it. For I, the Lord, love justice. Yes. And so since we serve a God that mm-hmm. loves justice, mm-hmm. uh, it is my belief that you are going to get justice for you and your family. Uh, uh, and eyes have not seen mm-hmm. and ears have not heard how God is going to use uh, this situation for his glory. Yes. So that even more people are drawn to him. Yes, yes. Uh, and so we know that Jarvis did not die in vain. Mm-hmm. And so it's now our turn. Our time. Uh, our to, time. To do the work to make sure that happens. Our time. Right now. And I claim it. I claim it mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus that we will see justice, not only for Jarvis, mm-hmm. but for all lives lost mm-hmm. due to police violence and brutality. I claim the victory. Absolutely. I claim it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again, Miss Kathy. <laughs> you have an amazing home. Uh, I'm glad that you welcomed me in. Uh, and uh, I just want to 
thank Miss Kathy again for joining. I want to thank, send a great shout out, big thanks to all of the subscribers. Uh, please like uh, and share uh, our Facebook page, which is the Respect It or Check It podcast, as well as uh, at Respect It or Check It pod on Instagram. As always, on this podcast, facts matter. You can yes. either respect it or you can check it. <laughs> Until then, take care. Respect it or check it. Real conversations by real issues from politics to overpopulated prisons. Respect it or check it. Real great debates about real topics like greed, poverty, and what can we do to stop it? Respect it or check it.